Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and today Sarah Lauk is joining us because she has been nominated for a Game Changer Award, and we are so happy to have Sarah here today to tell us about all the amazing work she's doing. So Sarah, welcome. Thank you so much, and thank you to Sherry who nominated me. I know I've helped her animals before. She ties blankets for me, which I'm sure we'll get into, but I, I really appreciate the nomination. It means a lot, and just to meet you is amazing too. Well, this is, we're so excited to be able to share all of the cool things that you're doing. Sarah, back up for people that don't know about your passion and all the things you're doing. Tell our audience and our listeners, our viewers, a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I'll kind of fast forward to the live like Rue portion of it. Um, I started actually at volunteering at an animal control, which really lit my passion for rescue animals. I grew up, you know, my parents only took strays. So any dog that ended up on our doorstep, it was, we were taking it in, whether it was a cat, a dog, we actually had a pig at one point. So um, that volunteering at a shelter um, where euthanasia was, was really you know, high. I mean, I would take a dog out of a cage one day and the next day it wasn't there. It's tough work. You need thick skin. Um, and then the politics of the city of Chicago got in the way of that passion, unfortunately. And I decided to leave and it was hard to leave and kind of say, I'm, I'm giving up on these dogs, but I knew that somebody else would replace me. <laughs> they always do. So, yeah. um, from there, you know, I was really sad, but I also needed my heart to heal because every yeah. single day I would come home and worry about those dogs. And, you know, for people in animal welfare, you know, as well as I do, it really, really weighs on you. And it, and, and it really weighed on me to the point where it was affecting my life every, almost yeah. every second of every day worrying about the animals. So after I, I gave up, the, you know, the shelter life, volunteer life, I met a dog in a pavilion that I decided to foster, um, and his name was Rue, and we took him out. He was an owner surrender, and immediately we realized he had some issues, medical issues, where he was urinating for a good three, four minutes. It was coming out mm. so slow. So fast forward, we took him to the vet. He had a dental done, and they found out that he had bone cancer in his groin. So all of that, you know, made sense about his medical issues. Um, so we basically gave him a bucket list, you know, it wasn't curable, nothing would help him. He was terminal. Um, and that bucket list, I think, cause he was a pity, probably he looked like a pity sharp pay mix. He was very unique looking. Um, and we, we gained a following from it. People wanted to know what we were doing every day, even if it was just simple eating of ice cream. So, um, you know, he passed away after six months of adventures and I had all these people, you know, kind of hanging on to like, what's next, Sarah? And we ended up starting a 501c3 foundation where now we help other people going through the exact same thing. So not just financially, emotionally, that kind of thing. 
and and it just gives me chills. Oh. What a wonder, wonderful, beautiful mission for you. When did when did you officially start this this new passion? Yeah, so in he he passed away in 2015 um, in September and. Right away, I started to use my own money and I sent cancer care packages. So those included his favorite things, a blanket, a tennis ball. Oh. I put a McDonald's gift card in there because he loved ice cream, oh. um, toys and treats. Um, and oh. people loved them. I mean, they were going through, a lot of people say it's the worst time in their life or one of the worst times yes. in their lives is to get a cancer diagnosis, you know, for your dog. It's it's so emotionally hard. And I, I knew that, like I could feel that I could empathize with it. So, yeah. um, you know, after spending a lot of my own money, I'm like, well, why don't we get donations for these care packages? And, yeah. you know, had I, had I known then what I know today about starting a charity, I'm yeah. not sure I would have <laughs> done it. Um, it is, I mean, I have a full-time job. Um, and yeah. so this year we were all volunteers. I finally realized that to be successful, you've got to, you've got to pay people. You have to have people that know what they're doing in certain areas to help you, you know, whether that's financial, yeah. an accountant, an events team, and, and it's changed everything we do. Um, so the biggest thing we do is give out grants to people that, that really need it, especially now. Uh, a lot of people wow. are desperate. Um, and we're about to hit, this is crazy to think, we're about to hit $1 million given out. I'm probably going to start to cry. Um, but we're at like, oh my God. yeah, we're at about 850000 in four years. So um, we're hoping to hit it by the end of this year, which, you know, this year has been unbelievable. People have yes. supported us every step of the way, every virtual fundraiser, mm. every $5 Friday. So I just, I can't thank our donors and supporters enough for getting us wow. that, to that number, but it's, it blows my mind to be honest. Wow. And you know that, yeah. And that's also, that has to be so heartwarming for you. Like you said, people, you have a full-time job and you have a full-time passion. So you're, you were a hard, you're a hardworking human. Um, but to have support, financial, emotional support uh, with backing up what you're doing reaffirms to you that so many people believe in what you're doing and the very important mission. So Sarah, how do, do people apply if, um, how, how does it, how does it work? If people say, oh my gosh, I know someone or, or how, how does the, how does the program work? Yeah, for sure. So I should say every person that applies for a care package we send, as long as they don't, oh. they don't say it's not cancer. Unfortunately, we can't send to people that don't have cancer. And I feel so bad about that, but I yeah. would get in trouble by my accountants and my tax attorneys um, if we did that. Um, occasionally, I'll send them, you know, on my own if it is something that's not a cancer diagnosis, just because I know how much it lifts people. Um, but yeah, the the monetary thing is is, is a pretty simple application. I did not want it to be, you know, what? How much do you make in a year? What a, you know? What is your living situation? Do you rent? Do you own? Like, we just want to look at it. Like, this is the application. This is the problem. What, how can we help? And we did switch things around. We used to give almost everybody $350, but we realized for an amputation or chemo, yeah. that's, that's not really helping people that much. So now we give more to less people. I wish that wasn't the case, but I think yeah. helping people at a greater need has, has advanced what we do. And, and people are just so thankful when you say, I can pay for that amputation to hopefully get rid oh. of the cancer. 
<laughs> huge. I mean, it's huge. And, you know, for so many people who, fi- you know, financially, they are unable to, to do some of these un- unbelievably expensive surgeries. And because there isn't insurance for dogs, what you're doing is you're providing a, a, a breath of relief while simultaneously providing comfort. And when I say hope, you're providing hope in the sense that they're able to keep their dogs comfortable during this last chapter of their life. And that blend is something that, especially right now, especially in the middle of an epidemic, when oftentimes our animals are are our emotional lifeline, like what you're doing is, of course, supporting the well-being of animals, but you're hugely supporting the well-being of their guardians. And so it's that's a win-win. Right. And I think that's the most important thing. I mean, everybody that gets a care package or well, so I should note, we have another fund called the Booker Fund where, you know, if a dog is terminal, we'll get them a hotel room, we'll get them a steak dinner. It's a fund that doesn't take away from our medical, but gives the people kind of a lasting memory. Um, We'll do photo shoots so that the the animal and the human have these photo photo memories of unfortunately probably their last photo shoot. But those things you're so right are are so important to people that are just are really really struggling and I think you know our thing is to to try to help those people make memories because I know for me I wish I had more pictures with Rue you know I don't even in six months I didn't even I just was trying to enjoy the time and not take selfies and snap pictures with them and I I really wish that I had more photos but yeah almost every human is so thankful. And and I will say, you know, for me and the staff and the board, unfortunately, this is more sad um, than, than, you know, good. A lot, a lot of times I'm dealing with a euthanasia or especially now in-home euthanasia, you know, and giving people that moment because they can't go into the normal vet Um, or like seeing endless apps come in and not being able to help everybody. So I realized, you know, how I left a tough situation, but then I I kind of built myself into a tough situation. But those moments of gratitude or having a dog survive cancer, that's really what keeps us going. My gosh. And just, it's a little bit like, like hospice most of the time means death, but it's a much better death with more memories made with a circle of support that they never would have had without what you're doing. So it's a really, I mean, I think above all in that segment of our lives, the last chapter of our pet's lives is when oftentimes we as their owners feel the most alone. We feel unsupported. If financially, if we can't do what we want, there's the guilt aspect. And then there's the regret aspect. You're helping to minimize all of those negative emotions that can come with an already emotionally overwhelming situation. So it's just beautiful. Um, I'm sure it's difficult to think about one thing that you love the most about this unbelievable work that you're doing. But if you could summarize maybe the thing you're most thankful for and what you're doing, um, but just tell us what, what warms your heart the most right now. Probably meeting dogs that we are helping in person. I I know that sounds odd, but you know, you see them virtually a lot. Like you see the applications and to be, I know, so I'm going to start to cry again, but to be able to see them and the owners and hug them and know, sorry. No, it's good. (laughs) It's all good. To know that you changed their life and like helped them like 
you know, I, I usually hug the dog really hard. And then the human, obviously <laughs> now we don't get to see that as much. Um, and that's why too, like not having the events, we have a dog prom every year. And I just love seeing people that support us or dogs that we've helped. We always tell some crazy good story of an animal. So you know, I miss those moments now, not being able to, yeah. to see people and see animals you've helped, but meeting the people and, you know, just notes of gratitude, I think. And I always tell people that gets us through the yes. really tough days. And, you know, the really tough days are usually um, helped by like a good moment in the day, but, but it can be really, really hard for sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is um heavy work. It's heavy emotional work that you're doing, but the, um, the unbelievable gifts that you are giving those animals in their last chapter, but their owners is just amazing. It's just amazing. You. Sarah, if you, if you could tell the world one thing, or if you wanted to share with the world one thing, what would it be? Well, probably our motto. I mean, for Rue, we try not to stress. And, you know, people, what, the one thing people always ask me is how do you know when it's time? And, and I, I know mm -hmm. You probably get that all the time too. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and, and I always tell them dogs can read you like, you know, and, and you'll just know, but for Rue, for me, um, for my husband, like, and we take a lot of fosters that are at the mm -hmm. end of their life. It's just to enjoy every day. Our yeah. foundation is named live like Rue. And that means live like there's no tomorrow and yeah. that and it, to me like it's not just a dog foundation or a cat you know we help cats and horses and ferrets too but it, that should be everybody's motto especially yeah. at this point in this world yes like, just live for today and I think a lot of people it's hard because they're constantly thinking about oh they're thinking about the end unfortunately and we're all guilty of it but yeah. you've got to know that that dog can read your emotions and can read that you're upset and just, just enjoy that time. And it's, it's really yeah. hard sometimes to see that, but I think it's so important. It is. Well, what you're doing, you're absolutely right. The end for all of us um, is there. And I think sometimes we become so obsessive about the actual death that there's this window of opportunity for love and living in the moment and being present and actually having joy, despite a terminal diagnosis, having joy on a moment to moment basis or being able to smile or to enjoy the day despite the diagnosis. It's hard, but what literally what you're doing with those care packages is you're saying, here's a bunch of ways to enjoy right now. And I'm not sure that a lot of people, unless they have that care package, it's like, well, now that I have it, I'm going to do it. So what you're doing is you are inspiring and prompting living in the moment um, with, with those care packages. I mean, it's, it's a, it's this beautiful thing. So if people wanted to learn more about how to get involved, how to support you, how to, how to learn more, where would they go? So livelikeru.org is our website. And then we're also on Instagram at livelikeru foundation and then also on Facebook. And I should know a lot of people ask me like, Sarah, how can we help? Like obviously monetary donations help, but just supporting us and supporting people that often I share, you know, have, I'm not a vet. And that's the first thing I tell people is listen, like I'm only telling you my personal experience. Please go to your vet. If you want to post on our page to ask 
about a certain diagnosis, we always allow that. Um, but people can tie blankets for our care packages. I should know mm -hmm. every blanket that goes into the care packages is hand tied. Um, I've tried to stop that many times because it's, it's a thing to get, and we're sending about 30 to 40 care packages a week. So wow. if anybody wants to tie blankets, like we're always up for that. Girl Scout troops have done it. Schools, um, women that live down my street have asked about it. So you can always tie blankets, um, you know, and just support us. I mean, even coming to our events, I always tell people is huge, but we really, really appreciate it. You are so deserving of this amazing nomination from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much, Sarah, for what you're doing. Thank you. I feel so honored to even be talking to you. So Aww. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. And thank you, Sherry, for nominating me. Yes.